cool. So we definitely didn't change the mic just now. Um, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so after that concert, I was more excited than I'd been in a good long while because I had been banished to the DC dimension, and it sucked. Uh, yep. I hate that city. <laughs> There's fucking nothing there. Uh, once you do the museums, that's it. That's that's the only fucking interesting thing. Um, you might be wondering how many day trips. And like that's and everyone will tell you, oh, but what about the black cat? That's <laughs> literally the only fucking bar that they talk about <laughs> because it's DC and it only has one. And yes, it's a pretty cool venue. I've been there one or two times. It's it's cool. It's. I think Bro, that you I've saved got that hundred in this city. You saved that bar for maybe my second to last day there with the explicit subtitle that after this we're out of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like this was the last bullet in the DC chamber. I remember so so after that night and like let's describe that night. I made um overproof not overproof. I made double Tom Collins uh, because I didn't have a jigger. I just had a bottle of New Amsterdam gin. Some of the worst swill I have ever had the fucking misfortune of having purchased. I know, hey, it's better than paint. I was broke. It was 15 bucks for a fucking fifth of it. So, hey, that's a that's a bargain right there. And then I, instead of, because I was stupid, I didn't know that you could make your own simple syrup. So I had gone out looking for simple syrup. And it turns out that I, I had found a mint simple syrup because you can't make mint simple syrup yourself. There's a weird thing with the chemistry. You have to buy something that someone has made, and there's preservatives, whatever in it. So I had a some mint black syrup. sorcery. Some black sorcery. I don't remember if I had gone to the trouble of actually juicing my own lemons or having bought some like one of those lemon shaped, you know, things of lemon juice. Probably the latter, honestly, knowing me at that time. Oh, and, you 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 fell prey to the fucking single use tools in that era. I was young and stupid. Um, Better than. A Coke addiction. And then we got, I think, only three drinks into the evening because we got through that entire fucking bottle that night. And we It was were, impressive. And a fifth of any liquor, right, is going to give you around um, 12.5 cocktails, assuming a two-ounce uh, base, right? We got maybe five or six cocktails into that night. So every single drink had to have been a double, which makes enough sense because before long we were in such fucking pain. <laughs> it was impressive. I think it is the closest to the afterlife that I have ever been, including multiple hilarious car accidents. There is a fucking note still hanging on the door to what was once my bedroom. It's now my dad's uh, studio. He's a he's a painter. Um, oh yeah, his dad likes to laugh at our pain. It's a, uh, it's normal. <laughs> he, he, he does. He's like, <laughs> you fucking did this to yourself, dumbass. Taped to that door, still taped to that door that I put up like five years ago is just a, a note scrawled in Sharpie because I couldn't get the pen to work, and it shows. Like like the first couple of like letters are there. Is just a note that says, "Dad, don't ever let me do this to myself again." <laughs> It's a really bad sign when pen technology is beyond you. I couldn't get it to fucking work. Uh, so anyway, that note is still there to my knowledge because uh, my couldn't dad is just so fucking... Arya Stark thing going. Point he, he finds such fucking mirth in his son's pain. Oh, man. That would be a decent first line of an autobiography. My dad finds pleasure in my pain. But, like... The, the implications might run in directions you don't want, but... The comical pain. The comical pain. The gag pain. The kind of pain that, you know, was over once we went to that fucking um, Hot and Juicy. Oh, by the fucking way, shout out to Hot and Juicy. That was some of the was better... Was that the seafood place? That was the seafood place. That was the fucking Cajun place that we went to that day and had, like, a whole bunch of, like, crayfish and andouille and shit. Oh, that was a fucking... To this mm. day, I am convinced that someone just jumped out the back with a net... And came back inside and just juiced those things of hot sauce. There's one in New York. We should go. I'll do it. Like, I bet they have outdoor dining. We should go. It will be a date. I'll risk a little viral death to get that. I won't because I I am a coward. <laughs> I want to live so bad. I'm in service and hospitality. The choice was made for me. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's go play Russian roulette, kids. <laughs> uh but yeah, uh, now he has made 
these gold rushes, which I would say, based on my limited, what am I, 20, my limited 29 year experience in love, the gold rush drink well made is better than love. What did we declare was better than love? Was that Pacific Rim? We all, yes, we specifically also declared Pacific Rim was better than love. Okay, so the uh, the Gold Rush at least as good as Pacific Rim, and you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna stand by that. Yeah, drink a Gold Rush while watching Pacific Rim, and I don't know, tell your husband to fuck off. <laughs> what the fuck's he done you for you lately? You don't need his ass anymore. Like his, like we, the um, we found the Beyond Meat version of your husband. Has he ever punched the side of a building and activated Newton's Cradle? I don't fucking think so. Last week, uh, we were talking, I was talking about how Pokemon was the anime that got me into anime, right? Yeah, 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 it was the first zombie bite down. Yes, uh, and that is true of basically not everyone, you know, from age 26 to, you know, 32, but most people in that, you know, little demographic right there. Uh, I am who are still into anime. having trouble pinning it, and I think it might have been, like, Dragon Ball or Card Captors. I'm not even fucking sure. And, like, yeah, no, those are the other ca- candidates. Uh, Dragon Ball, Card Captors. A little bit later, there was Yu-Gi-Oh. I don't, not even that much later, I don't think. Maybe, like, a year after uh, after Pokemon, there was Yu-Gi-Oh. It was a early draw. Yeah. So we got to talking about, um, about gateway anime, right? And, um... The various gateway anime that there has been over, you know, the last, oh god, 20 years uh, that I've been watching <laughs> anime. <laughs> oh, confront that number. That's <laughs> nice, isn't it? Oh, oh, man, I hadn't actually fucking done the math Hey, old timer, how long you been in the service? Long enough to know I could kick your ass, young blood. Oh, long enough to fucking know better. That was the thing that I wanted to do, is I wanted to talk about, you know, all these various gateway anime, right? Yeah, and we might do a mix of new and old, we might focus it on the new, today will be relatively new? Relatively new. I don't really think that there's been um, a gateway anime, like a really big crossover-ass gateway anime that's come out since, unless, like, something in the last couple of seasons gets a second season and really fucking takes off. I need to see how often that fucking RE0 shit was someone's first thing. Because I know that it carries some water with people who are not that deep into this nonsense. I, I feel like our, I feel like RE0, 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 I feel like RE0 is really popular amongst, like, People the that already have weed. the poison. Yeah, people who've already got the poison. Maybe they watch, you know, five or six anime a year, right? And that one's their favorite. And... I forgive them. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that makes you a better person than me. Isn't that nice? The variance in personality here. But but I don't think that um, ReZero is a uh, is a gateway show the way that fucking My Hero Academia is, and that's the one that we're going to be talking about today. And a lot of ink's been spilled over uh, My Hero Academia, so we are going to talk about it very much just in the context of. Let's say you're new to anime, and this is what's presented to you. Um, how do you now feel about this uh, new um, world that you were part of? I'm sorry. I sometimes feel bad for people that come to anime from a well-constructed, relatively terror-trope-light thing like My Hero Academia, because they might run into a trough afterwards. <laughs> In yeah, their hunt feels, for more content. Especially because it's a fucking shonen action series, right? Mm-hmm. And um it's a really good shonen action series, as I've as I've declared before on this on this uh podcast. Yeah. Uh Hiroaka is just the formula done very well. Uh and then And in terms of disappointment, it's not only done very well, but as basically a early on at least, almost a narrative patch of things that were gateway anime right before it. It is very possible for it to for someone to hit a hilarious speed bump after saying, "I'm gonna put my finger a little deeper into this water," and then they're in the Eisen Bowl. And <laughs> oh, I was gonna say they're in the Black Clover Bowl. <laughs> the Black Clover Bowl. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess the actual bowl that you would relate to the fucking Hiroaka shit would just be Naruto and watching. Whatever you call that entire late-game Madara sequence that I think runs for about the length of War and Peace. 
Ninja War and Ninja Peace. It was uh, it was a funnier joke in my mind. I uh, I liked it. Never show signs of weakness. Ride the joke to the conclusion. Maybe I should just lean into how fucking stupid it was. I'm a oh, shit. Fuck. I liked I when he brought back all the dead people. <laughs> And I just got to use the words creatively bankrupt to casual conversation for the first time. <laughs> just, just spent the entire fucking series spending 14 episodes each <laughs> sitting through these people's existence so that you could fucking kill them. I remember my first time calling bullshit on Naruto and being like, just end it already. <laughs> Was this one bit where I think, God, it was, what was it? it was like the third Hokage fighting the, the snake asshole. Um, mm-hmm. And he had him dead to rights. He had like impaled him on something. And then snake asshole starts coaxing whatever he'd been stabbed with out of him. And I'm like, ah, I thought this was over. No. When it comes to my relationship with Naruto, I'm going to talk about another piece of media. That's not even anime. It's supposed to be anime. Hiraka. We're gonna get We're to Hiraka. Hiraka is like a vaccinated Naruto, so I think this is valid. I'd give it more credit early, than early that. on. Okay, I give a lot more credit than that. But like in its early foundations, it basically sort of patched the structure of those first like three or five three or arcs, arcs into okay, something yeah, no, coherent and uh, what's the word good. But when it comes to Naruto, mm-hmm. I once watched a romantic comedy called "I Love You, Man." And the premise of I Love You, Man, is that a guy without many guy friends needs to find a best man for his wedding. And then he meets some stupid Peter Griffin asshole, and the entire movie is hijinks related around that. It's a shame because Jason Segel is great and really funny, and Paul Rudd is great and really funny, and that movie was neither great or really funny. I I had no proof of either them being great or funny or deserving of human life from that film. Where I'm going with this, despite being Jamaican, mm-hmm. I am generally quiet during films. I'm generally <laughs> quiet in theaters. Yet here I was, very sober, too young to have real confidence, and I still found myself with another young man in the middle, not the back, not the front, neither of the safe gun show seats. Just I say, and. <laughs> <laughs> and fucking end and such a fate befell naruto a show that had not filler episodes nor filler arcs but filler seasons yeah filler seasons and that was almost a, a formal trip in a way just seeing what the random number generator of interns and executives could churn out to fill in the gap in this thing i wish that i had words for how much it sucked. <laughs> not not like the quality, not just the quality, but just how much it sucked on a sort of macro level. What's really special about this, what's really special about Naruto sucking, is this is after you might get like a whole series dumped on you in DVD form as mm-hmm. your first exposure. So you can sort of pick your spots a little more. This is before the pure easy access of streaming or post- BitTorrent piracy. Mm-hmm. So you're either watching this on TV or walking through the forest of viruses to steal this. And it's just declining I first... like someone with ass cancer. Okay, so here's here's the, the fucking craziest shit. Um it's um it's A dating me and B making me look like a fucking um noob too. Um Naruto was how I first learned about YouTube because I was asking wow. one of my friends, like, where are you watching this Naruto show? He's like, oh, yeah, this place, this, uh, this site called YouTube. This was, yeah, around 2003, 2004. I want to say I was in middle school. And that's why I will never take YouTube seriously when they look me in the eye and they tell me they care about piracy in a real way. Because like the Kennedys, they are founded on a firm foundation of criminal money. <laughs> Whether whether Google owned them or not. Yep. So Hiroaka. So Hiroaka. Let's do the really insulting thing. Okay. The thing that I think 25% of the people watching this hate. Mm-hmm. I think we should explain the premise 
of My Hero Academia. Okay, and I'm not going to be all fucking condescending about it this time. Okay. All right. Cool, cool. 80% of humans have superpowers in a vaguely futuristic world. Main character does not. He feels really bent up about this until he meets Ersat Superman. Ersat Superman is impressed with his show of heroism trying to save uh, this kid who's an asshole to him from a supervillain even though he was almost certainly going to die from the attempt. He does not die from the attempt. Ersat Superman decides to name this kid his successor um, and uh, gives him his Superman-esque superpower in the form of a piece of hair. It makes sense in context. Uh, And then he goes to superhero school. Uh, There. And also there's uh, some bad guys around that are also kind of... um, They have opinions about living in a society. Yes, no, they uh they, they are they are the bottom text society. Um and uh it what what is interesting about the villains in this is that the villains kind of start at the same level or are starting at the same level that the heroes are in the Oh yeah, they do a really fun parallel progression. Yeah, they're not this monolithic sort of entity that, you know, sort of exists to eventually be defeated. They are, you know, sort of insurgents and um malcontents who are uh, you know just upset with the way that society looks and are getting started in being bad guys the way that the uh, good guys are getting started at being good guys i have a real soft spot for that parallel progression of the antagonist faction like, i think it's half of why i enjoyed out noah zero as much as i did god i fucking loved out noah zero all of you can fucking hate me you can <laughs> fucking like send me shit in the mail i don't give a shit i loved that show Oh yeah, we're El Noah Zero Truthers here, and um, I don't know, if you want to mail us letter bombs, I will post uh, Sam Lago's address in the text description of this episode. I just I just thought that it was all really choreographed really well. A, B, that, uh, we're beating off topic. Alright, so Heroaka, the comic slash show we will attempt to discuss. By the way, interesting bratiation and experience. I have primarily read this. He has primarily watched it. I read it. I'm not current with it. I'm definitely not current with it. I think I, um, the last chapter I read was a chapter that I'm pretty sure uh, got adapted into the last season. So that's, uh, that's about where I am with this. Fair enough, fair enough. I last read it on Sunday because I still have the Shonen Jump app from that special episode. So I guess they win. I have a little bit of money now. I should probably, like, actually... Pay for pay some for, anime pay for, thing. Pay for, some, pay, for, pay for the manga app. I mean, obviously, we've paid for everything else we have consumed on Weeaboo Hell. Yes. Because we support Every this official release. We do support these. <laughs> 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 oh, truly, my feet are planted by the truth, truth by all, like all might. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it has become one of the sort of big modern gateway shows in that A, it runs on human television and people watch it in no- numbers that are even semi-notable. And everyone, not everyone at the gym, back when you could go to the gym, but like about 5% of people at the gym, at my gym, had an All Might t-shirt. I didn't see them at my gym because I was the guy who had an All Might hat. You actually got it for me. And oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was, it has started more than one conversation. I suppose that it gets some freebie appeal for American consumers since the whole thing is a spin on superheroes. Superhero comics. It's in super- the same way that, fucking, I don't know, what's an example? One Piece chose to like filter everything through just the base noun of pirates. This said superheroes. I almost feel that in One Piece's case, that's kind of reductive. As, yes, because it's fucking cokey. As, as, as One Piece, the fact that they are pirates is <laughs> incidental to whatever else is happening on screen. That's a very strong point. Like, they do have a ship. They are pirates. They are out for booty, I guess. <laughs> Everything else is just whatever the fuck he decided was going to be on this island. <laughs> this island's noun is Rubik's Cube. They're fighting nine color men who can rearrange people by t- by swiping their heads to the left and right. They beat him up by switching his stickers. Bang, I just gave you 20 chapters. Cash me. So what I'm thinking is, what is the wrong idea about anime that someone's going to get by watching Hiroaka? What preconceptions are they going to now develop um, and be disappointed by because they're wrong? 
um, having watched. I think that they may get the assumption that shonen rivals are compelling. I, I think it's, it definitely has to do with shonen. Like, they're going to look up what this thing's genre is. Ooh, shonen fighting. Man, this... I need more of this in my life. I can't wait to ride this quality train to the fucking station. <laughs> I bet all of these are great. I mean, Hiroaka is kind of weird on the strengths and weaknesses, though. Like, I do like pretty much all the established air quote rival characters. Like, you have your Bakugos and Todorokis, and they are actually interesting and do not just sort of fall by the evolutionary wayside in favor of each other as things go on. No, no, they, they establish them as characters, and they have them remain there, present. Um, not uh, They never feel ancillary at all, either. I like that a big part of the emotional sort of uh, stakes in this has to do with uh, Midoriya eventually becoming better than Bakugo at all of this. Like, being able to fucking take him in a fight. Oh, um, for those riding the context train, Bakugo is a fun character to describe on a podcast because I don't know how to describe him without making him sound like the worst fucking character. But Bakugo is essentially that aforementioned uh, childhood dickhead bully, sort of primed on arrogance and his, what's seen as his sort of innate heroic potential battle sense, whatever the fuck you want to call it. His superpower is that he can cause explosions, and he uses this really, really, really creatively. Really creatively, what looks like really recklessly, but there's a kind of I've got this dad kind of thing to it. Not literally dad. His dad is a hilarious non-factor. His dad is like this this milk toast motherfucker. His his mom has as strong a personality as he does, but you know he's kind of just probably was about as much of an asshole as he was earlier on in her life. But yeah, I, I know there's some kind of gene. Anyway, he used to bully our noble hero, inheriting the Ursat's Superman powers. And then they just complicate the relationship from that simple base. Yeah, I and mean, it's interesting. It's fun the way that it does it. It paces it out well. And he he sounds when they're in middle school, right at the beginning of the series. He basically establishes himself as this unforgivably massive fucking prick, <laughs> who I'm pretty sure tells Izuku uh, Midoriya, the main character, to end hero. Uh, and th- that's like about as low as he gets right there. And so this is where we start yeah, he, with Bakugo as a character. He starts as someone who would pass you a note in class, and it's a little linguistic puzzle with three letters. K-Y-S. <laughs> and uh, that's his starting personality tile. What, what impresses me about this show is that they can start with there. They could start a character out there and then really just kind of reel you in and make you interested in him becoming a more rounded person. He almost... When I say he, I mean the author, not Bakugo. Horikoshi. Horikoshi almost gaslights you into thinking this is going in a Sasuke Uchiha narrative direction and a thank fuck not. Yeah, no, they... (laughs) They're almost there's this arc not too far into it, um, because this is a very long running uh, manga at this point. There's an oh, yeah. arc where they kind of look at you sideways and you know make you think that they're about to do a fucking Sasuke retrieval <laughs> arc kind of thing. And then, in the language of a thirteen year old, he, he basically tells Villain Squad to eat a bag of dicks. You're dumb. You're short. You're dumb and short. <laughs> All of you people are losers, and I'm better than you, and I have been since the day I was fucking born. <laughs> the last thing I'll do today is take a selfie while I'm piping your mom. <laughs> and then you turn the page. That was the, the, the dick-ass rival's reaction to trying to be uh, recruited by the bad guys. Yes, it is one <laughs> of the more... they got the wrong idea about him. It is one of the more fun reactions to Vader's speech 3 I've heard in my time. It was actually the one part of that... Uh, of the anime adaptation that I was actually very disappointed in uh, because in the manga, they frame his refusal of their uh, of their job offer, his turning down of their job offer as kind of a reveal 
Uh, and they soften that reveal a whole lot in the anime in a way that I was kind of disappointed by, where it's not treated as reveal sort of uh, so much as a given, I guess. Yeah. The, the scene begins, you know, sort of 15 seconds or so after he gets, says, eat, eat my fucking cock. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's, he's trying to figure out how he's going to get out of here. Uh, and I didn't like that um, because there was it was a really big fucking important character moment where he draws that line right there. Uh, anyway, we're, <sighs> to refocus just a little bit, Hiro Aka as a gateway anime. It's kind of interesting almost all gateway anime are action shows. Like I totally get that they're all like shonen or shoujo shows. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. But there are a whole bunch of comedy and romance things that gain traction elsewhere. But all the big hit. You, you gotta be into anime that way. Because anime does action shit so fucking uniquely that it's always unmistakably anime, right? And it has its own kind of set of appeals and, you know, hooks, right? And mm-hmm. so, like, when one can really cross over and make someone who has not really watched anime before be like, oh, this is interesting, right? I've never seen anything like this. You know, I think that's why the uh, the crossovers are all, you know big action series be it like sailor moon or attack on titan or dragon ball z pokemon etc helsing if you ride the edge i ride the edge was helsing a gateway no i think i read that way too early but (laughs) i'm sure that was good for my development oh oh he killed so many people but he was like he's uh he's really big into doing that i remember just being impressed with the fucking I love war speech and how long it was. That was a time. You have a good point about how anime does action. Like, it's almost frustrating as someone who enjoys Western animation that so few action shows are given the room to breathe to compete on that front. Oh, are you gonna, And the are ones you, that are do are great. Are you me right now? Are you goading me into, you know, going I'm not on go- that rant? I'm not goading you because it's just an opinion and an emotion we have and I'm genuinely ass-pained that this is a thing. I don't know. Sorry, uh, ass-pained is a very sophisticated term for mildly frustrated as I consider things that truly matter in life, such as the number of action TV shows in my niche that get made per year, which is how I judge the quality of the world. Or I I can crack open a newspaper and tell you that I want to kill the president. Sorry, hug the president. That's the new Twitter rule. You can't say you want to kill the president. I want to the president. Okay. Were you thinking I was going to stop <laughs> And that was the last episode of Weeaboo Hell. It's hard to get these things made in America on a studio level. I mean, they happen, and when they happen, they're good. They take off, like, wildfire. They're still printing money off of Avatar to this day in ways that may be deleterious in the near Netflix future, knock on wood. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And uh, this is going to be the seed of a future episode right here. Uh, it's my hot take. Um, Bright? Brightie? However the fuck it's actually pronounced out loud. I don't care. Um mm-hmm. You know, no longer involved with this live-action Netflix uh, adaptation of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. And so fandom has been like, boo, of course it's going to suck. Point of fact, they were very involved in the production of The Legend of Korra, and that sucked. Oh, yeah. So their presence is not required for this to be good. Uh, and I say that this is the seed for a new episode because, um, you know, it's not exactly gospel, uh, me saying that Korra sucked, but it did indeed suck. Pretty hard, in fact. That Korra hate session is like the Chinese democracy of this podcast. <laughs> it's because I'm going right, to have so- to watch it again, and I don't want to because it's bad. Fair enough returning to good things so most crossover anime manga what have you are action okay mm-hmm. that's interesting uh, i'm trying to think if there are any that aren't and i'm really just fucking drawing a blanket love hina i don't know i feel like people i don't who think watch i don't love think hina normal people already, watch love hina yeah i you, really feel like people who watch love hina were already in Dan. you are already in the anime mafia if you're watching fucking love hina 
I would love to meet the person whose first anime was Love Hina. That's like the, that's a weird. I think they're in jail. They might be in jail. They might have some really interesting ideas about um their third divorce. How one is should pursue a relationship or several at the same time, perhaps. Do you think they have just a a mace scar around their eyes, like just a dried up area? But it was an accident. <laughs> yes, your officer. He's over there. He's innocently fumbling with his glasses in the corner. He's fallen on four women today. Fallen. <laughs> fallen five feet ahead. Across traffic. I'm thinking about shows now. And just the implications of them having, you know, in this case, hypothetically, have been a gateway anime. What if prison school gateway anime? Well, if prison school was a gateway anime, I would be sort of just thumbing through my workload saying, ah, oh, I gotta write an ad for the cure for cancer now, man. That is rough. And then you'd say, hey, hurry up, we've gotta get to the kumbaya dance of people of all races and religions outside <laughs> in half an hour. Move your ass. Like, God, stop rushing me. You know we're immortal now anyway. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> anyway, you guys want to join me on Mars tomorrow? <laughs> we're going to tie one off with a, green, with a bunch of green babes. And then presumably one of the green babes would batter one of us within an inch of our life and then explain the appeal of water sports. And we would come so fucking hard. <laughs> like, like a rocket. You know what's nice about Hiraka? It contains all the uh, stock quasi-pervoid humor to one character. A guy who stands there like the guardian of the gate. I'm trying to... Except for the sort of Mount Lady thing. I'm trying to figure out if Mineta, which is the character he's describing, um, is a work or a shoot. And sometimes with Mineta, with Mineta, I feel like I'm being worked just a little bit. I have my own theory. Mm-hmm. I think that Mineta is a dream catcher who captures all the editorial visions of what some wacky sexual comedy would be like in this program. Oh, he's just there because he needs to be there? And absorbs them. It could be. So that he may, may not haunt the main plot line. I know that he's got some fucking serious go-away heat in the fandom. I think if Mineta was... He is was... not a popular character, at least in the States. I think if Mineta wasn't there, there might be an editorial input version of My Hero Academia where Todoroki's all about the pussy. <laughs> and we would all be of, worse off. <laughs> I would love to see a horn dog version of Todoroki <laughs> where he's the exact same character and also he just cannot stay away from skirts, man. <laughs> like he'll brood over, you know, how he doesn't want to use the fire side of him and then, you know, he'll be in the middle of his speech and then fucking Yaomomo will be walking by and he'll start trailing off. <laughs> There's be a, a thin trail of smoke following him. Oh man, that sounds truly awful. That Do you know why like you don't have to deal with that? A mobile character assassination squad. <laughs> mobile character assassination squad. Remember that turn of phrase when you hit the fucking Korra thing? Oh man, it's... do they fucking show up in book two? Holy God. Do you think... I don't have an answer for this myself. I'm just shooting the shit here. Mm -hmm. Is there anything in particular about My Hero Academia... Other than just being good, because, like, I don't know, Vinland Saga is good. Like, that particularly makes it a strong candidate for a sort of crossover thing. I think it has a whole lot to do with the superhero thing. Um, but True. Because, because here's the thing, it's doing a whole lot of stuff that, um, that young adult actually does pretty well, right? Where it kind of... Um, it kind of uh... plants relatable figures in a familiar Milu. Like a young adult thing might. This will be like this is the young adult detective story where this hormonal teenager is running around. Well, I'm gonna say it stokes the imagination of the reader to sort of uh, imagine themselves 
able to exist in this world, right? This mm. is this is um why uh, this was the genius of Harry Potter. Um, yes, I know. Yes, this yes, is, this yes. Is, all, this all, is, all turfs to the fire. This, this, nah. Yeah, all turfs to the fire. This is the genius of like the idea of Harry Potter, right? The reason that it is as successful as it is is because that your your average you know eight year old or nine year old you know just just learned just just acquired the ability to put themselves through a novel um they can imagine themselves right at this fantastic place doing these fantastic things and here's four you know discrete you know sort of personality types that they can kind of shoehorn themselves into um to make it to, to make it seem more like they could be a little bit more part of this world and i think uh a lot of the more successful um, young adult stuff, uh, whether it be young adult novels or just uh, media aimed at, you know, people who are, you know, coming of age, right, will do something like this. They will um, find a way to build a world and then um, have that world be... Accessible? And then, and then have that world be very accessible and very projectable um, to the reader, to the viewer. Uh, and Hirak does that really well. And that, you know, it comes up with this idea of quirks. Quirks that all seem to be based very much on someone's personality type, right? So you can, you can, you can get right in there. Infinite personal iterability, which is fandom cocaine. This can get dangerous, by the way. Uh, this is the case with Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, Google... <laughs> I was literally about to say you can hedgehog yourself with this. You can this, hedgehog yourself. Into, yeah. And there is no way back. <laughs> So like this is this is a tool, but it's you know a volatile tool. You know it's like fucking um, it's not quite radioactive, but it's like a the like contents under pressure. It's like a you know nitrogen. I would say it's alcohol addictive. I mean, alcohol is also explosive. I, I'm really trying to go with the explosive metaphor here. Fair enough. Okay, ride the Bakugo line of logic. I know the the reason that uh, Hiroaka was so successful is because a uh, it has a very accessible premise and b it has a very projectable premise. Um, mm. Anyone could you know come up with like you know a Hiroaka version of themselves because quirks are so fucking they could kind of fucking be anything. Uh, this is you know the the JoJo legacy right here, right? And mm, I think. True. If you go through a whole lot of other gateway anime over the years, with, you know, exceptions, this is not a hard and fast rule, but... Yeah, you're not necessarily thinking you would walk through the fucking Hokuto no Ken waste kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> no, probably, uh, probably that is not. A disti- that is a particular brand of power fantasy. <laughs> like, which Bruce Lee do I most look like? <laughs> oh, know. it's Bruce Lee. <laughs> it's Bruce Lee. Um, so... <laughs> You know, you get shows like uh, Pokemon, right? Where the idea becomes, ooh, what would my team look like? Well, there's a game where you can figure that out. Um, Or, you know, stuff like... um, Actually, Attack on Titan does not have this so much, but stuff like Naruto totally does. Like, what would my ninja look like? I'm surprised so many of these runaway hit show comic Shonen Jump games are fly-by-night. Because if you make those, like, a B, you could just print franchisable money for some time as a studio was there any like um was there any consensus on whether or not the second attack on titan game was any good i hear oh people seem to enjoy going fast in it that seems to be a main edge well i do like the controls are supposed to be a little fucky yeah which is hard for a third person action game like that is you hand that to any studio that knows what the fuck it's doing and they could figure that out Oh, what if we took Itagaki out of sex jail? No, no, he belongs in sex jail. Which one's Itagaki? He was a Ninja Gaiden 2 guy. Oh, he's in sex jail? Oh, yeah, he was, like, sexually harassing interns and shit. Okay, I don't know if it's yeah. supposed to be an intern, but just underlings. <laughs> the, the phrase intern is fun for this sort of thing. It is, it is, and he is... <laughs> there is nothing fun about sexual harassment, but just intern in intern any, is... in any context like doing anything unfortunate to an intern whether it be you know sexual nature or not just abusing the intern if someone was strapping underlings to a rocket intern is so much funnier intern than is just, it's account just a manager funny, I, I think it's just because intern is a really funny word they have internships in my hero academia <laughs> they do i really they, like they the mentor like, character in that arc by the way 
the future guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was cool. Mr. Uh, Clean. M- Captain Midnight? No, that's actually just a character. No, Midnight's from... the, the one who puts people to sleep, right? Well, there's Doctor Midnight. He's from DC Comics. That's yeah. definitely not it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, what's his name? I Okay, so... So there's a lot of characters in here, Akka, and Sam is uh, getting older, and he's starting to lose his ability to encode all of them. Sorry and after about we that. record this episode, we're going to wheel Uncle Sam out to the porch so he can enjoy some moonlight and talk to his old dead friends <laughs> to himself. Oh, how many of your old friends are dead? We're going to play a really fucked up game right now. How many of, like, old, how many people that you called a friend at one point in your life or another are dead? I've got a really good survival rate that's about to dovetail in the next 10 years. Dovetail? As in, none of them have died yet, to my knowledge. I don't think, I don't think you're using the term dovetail right. Dovetail is when two things become one thing. No, no, I'm right. (laughs) Me use words good. That's about to dive down, crash, spiral. A bunch of people will die over the next 10 years. Are you happy? Are you fucking happy, Sam? How many of yours? One. Exactly one. Just one. Two if I get hit by another fucking car. (laughs) I'm bitter about that. I, yeah. Sorry to joke when we just mentioned your dead friend. I'm very sorry. Like, we had, like, a falling... It's weird, right? No, like, we, like when someone you kind of had a falling out with dies, mm. right? And you were left only with complicated feelings that you don't really know how to feel about. Like, you're not exactly sad. You're just sitting there very confused. And every time someone I've known dies... Um, and it's happened, I want to say, three or four times in my life, right? Every time someone I've known even halfway well dies... I have been left less with sorrow because thankfully it's never one that I've known that amazingly well. I've left less with sorrow, more with questions. Uh, and I never get any answers to them. I felt similarly when people in my life died, only the questions were, where is God? How do I get my hands on him? How do I avenge myself on the world itself? Yes, some people. <laughs> I am. I get that some people who are very been, stable, um, measurably closer to you than than the folks in my life who have passed. Uh, dude, I think I even felt that way about B cast. Like fucking, I wasn't that close with one of my grandmas, and I was still just shaking it at the moon. <laughs> when my grandfather died, that was when I was left with the big kind of stare up into the sky and be like so what is any of this you know just just like i I got very pensive for like an entire week and then my dad i I was because my dad right he was the one who got raised halfway you know his parents got divorced when he was very young uh you know kind of halfway you know this guy raised him i was i was asking him like are you all right dad and then my dad gives me this great fucking answer where he's like sam the man ate a giant bowl of ice cream every night for 30 years uh (laughs) right after smoking an entire pack of cigarettes (laughs) this is he's behind schedule at this point so i've been dealing with this for about 10 years now i gotten a pretty good head start i'm sad yes I'll be fine. It's been, you know, like, I... That's an impressive take on it. <laughs> My dad's a very practical guy. I think I got quite a bit of that from him. I want us to talk about... I mean, most shonen are idealistic. I should... Yeah, <laughs> real the, awkward. How the period. fuck did we get here? I don't Do people even die in here, Wacker? Not really. It's the right. It's the right. It's the right. It's the right. We're both a little bit drunk right now. We are both a little bit drunk, and I think it's a softer drunk than the yeah, yeah kind of thing we normally I do. I knew. I, I fucking knew it was something. Today on a very pensive weeaboo hell, after talking about the bouncy idolistic series My Hero Academia, we talk a bit about death and how you handle death and your relationship with death. Hiroaka has a uh, very idealistic approach to ideas like sacrifice, and a lot of shonen do, but Hiroaka makes them feel 
a lot more inspiring and a lot less bullshitty. And I'm interested in why, in your opinion, uh, since you normally have strong opinions on this thing. I think sometimes it's just how strong you press the gas and when, and he just has a good sensibility for it. I think it also... Honestly, the integrity of the base story will just alter how willing you are to contend with heavy-handed themes like that. Yes, like if I the story like... is losing air. Oh, sorry, you you had a you had an idea. You had a statement. Like, like, I agree broadly, but I feel as though you can use that answer to not look very closely at stuff. I would posit that it is because he uh, Horikoshi goes out of his way to earn these moments. Um, mm-hmm. In ways that other shows in the same category, my other manga in the same category, will uh, pretend that they have earned these movie moments. <laughs> so I just, when the soft piano comes the in. The soft piano and the fucking swing. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, I, you can only show me that fucking swing so many times before I think he deserved to be alone. <laughs> Um, the fucking swing comes like, hey man, I know you're committing a little genocide, but what if you didn't? Because I was alone on the swing. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no. The, and um, the guy on, listening to him give this corker of a speech will drool softly from the side of his mouth. And I think uh, a whole lot of this has to do with they're just they're just not banging that drum all the time the way that they were in you know certain other things midoriya's you know dreams being crushed as you know a seven-year-old or whatever um that was only sad once because then other stuff happened but yeah it 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 definitely you know sort of informs how humble he is going forward and i think like that's and they don't, and that, like I said, they do not bang on that drum because that's not really. Yeah, they a, don't milk that one. It's not really a forever. source of trauma for him. It's more just, you know, it, it again, it's just something that informs who he is as a person. Uh, that's good. That's that is a the correct way to write trauma in a character rather than like this is why you should feel sad for them. Oh, did you forget? I'll remind <laughs> you. Uh, it's less that and more. You know, this was a really, really important and unpleasant moment in this character's life. Uh, but it's important that you know about it. Just this once, because I trust that you don't have the memory of a lemming. Uh, just this once. Trust that me. once once you see this, you know, everything that they do is going to make that much more sense to you. Right? And um, do you want to cry in this show? Is there, like, stuff that you want to see that makes you sad? Cool. Here's some new stuff. Here's some new stuff that happens that's kind of sad that is made more sad by the fact that you already understand these things about this character. And we trust that you do. We trust that you understand these things and remember these details. Jeez, I haven't cried in a fucking show or movie since some shit with a dog when I was in fucking middle school. I need to run some kind of fucking back-to-back Grave of the Fireflies, Your Name Gauntlet. I've been telling you to watch Anohana. Like, it was on my top five of the decade list. Fair. Fair. Oh, man. I think if I just came back next week and said, watched it, lame. It sucked. I think you would actually just stop talking to me for a while. Fireworks. What a piece of shit metaphor. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sure it's, it's sort of corker. All right. So we've talked a bit about My Hero Academia today. Mm-hmm. I hope you've all enjoyed being with us and talking about death, death. I guess. <laughs> For whatever. Oh, be, again, because like... Because, you know, we're drinking... talking about gateway anime and instead we're talking about fucking death. We've been drinking dark liquor. Out of the um, contemporary batch of Shonen Jump things, I really would recommend My Hero Academia before oh, yeah, yeah, all I'd things like... not called Chainsaw Man because Chainsaw Man was made for me. Uh, to borrow a riff from another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> If you were to ask me to list the comics that I wish that I had written, Chainsaw Man would be near the very top next to, like, fucking Spider-Jerusalem running around. That is how high on the my shit scale Chainsaw Man as it is on this date is. Man, I hope the ending doesn't suck. That would be fucking hilarious if Chainsaw Man just started shitting itself after all this high praise I've been heaping on it. It's happened. It has happened. It's just fucking happened. 
Like, even the God of High School started, like, speeding through its plot at dumb speed because they tried to cram, like, 112 chapters of comic into one season. There's so much shit going on in the God of High School. Ultimately, I don't mind because it's like, what? It's, it's less... I think uh, my my thing with the God of High School is... Um, I'm processing it on the mental layer that I use for fighting game cutscenes, so I'm alright. Yeah, and it is a fighting game. Um, No, what... With the God of High School, uh, I'm presented all of this stuff, and I don't understand any of it, right? Uh, but I never really feel like I need to in the way that, you know, like um, another series uh, that has a name, sure. Tower um, of God? I, was, I wasn't throwing shade just now, but sure. We'll present me all of this stuff and act, and like, kind of, kind of stare down its nose at me for not knowing what I'm looking at. Uh, this was it's just, just a Satsuki Kyrian, just vermin. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. And, uh, b- whereas, uh, God of High School will just show me all this weird fucking shit and be like, just go with it, dude. I'm like, alright, go. Alright, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Karate is that powerful, and karate, so is Taekwondo. Karate is, is that powerful. You could cause a natural disaster, um, with Taekwondo. Fuck it. <laughs> taekwondo should evidently be controlled like nuclear fucking weapons. I'm telling you, yeah, no, uh, how did you describe it? Zoomer Baki? Yeah, I just got the Zoomer Baki, the grappler, I stand by that <laughs> description. Right. No, no, that is extremely apt, yeah. Anyway, this has been Weeaboo Hell. That's Weeaboo Hell. I am Denard Dale, I am also Sam known Legault. as Jesus of Nazareth. Lightning, no lightning. Let me cross myself real quick. <laughs> Was there ever lightning? That may have been more of a Greek pattern. Anyway, go to weeabuhell.com. Fucking, you've already found the show. Wherever you found it, just keep rocking rocking this source. You'll be fine. It's someone's first episode. You got to do the thing. So do the thing. Okay, okay. So yeah, we're on Spotify, iTunes, all that shit. Weabuhell.com or uh, see more evil. S-E-E-M-O-R-E-E-V-I-L.com. They'll never know I misspelled that because I'm going to edit that out. Are you going to edit this out? No. (laughs) Anyway, thank you all for listening. We appreciate you as always. Keep the faith. Fuck 12. Have a good weekend. Fuck 12. Fuck 12. Anime sucks. If you like anime, fuck you. Fuck 12. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Fuck 12. As in S E E M O R E E V I L E dot com. For E V I L. Fuck!